Hi, this is Ricky Stewart, and if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, not this rubbish with Flaky Blakey. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And this is the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet coming to you, unfortunately, not from the filthiest store and buried somewhere in the Bowser Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? No. But coming to you with the uh, the modern marvels of uh, I don't know computer webbery stuff, which yeah. somehow after half an hour of you and I staring at each other, <laughs> fish mouthing <laughs> on the screens, we finally made work, and we don't know how it just started to work. We're yeah. brought to you with the cash money sponsorship of Landspeed Records. When you can come in and buy your LPs, your CDs, your posters, your T-shirts from people who love the Canberra as much as you do, and if you're listening to this podcast. You do love the Canberra Raiders. Other people who love the Canberra Raiders are the Greenhouse, with whom we come to you with the dubious support of, an extremely dubious support at times. Slightly um, less, slightly less the, dubious of late. Slightly well, less they don't dubious. like John Sharkey still. No, well, who does? Still don't like John Sharkey. Who no, does? I mean, who does? Who, who, does? Likes, who likes Scrappy-Doo? Who likes Scrappy-Doo? But um, yes, get online and get engaging, especially now in this time of lockdown. There's all these Raiders supporters out there that you could be meeting and engaging with on the Greenhouse online forum go out there and do it now unfortunately we need to start this uh the pod this week with some very sad news and that um the spiritual leader of our club um the man who everybody loves um see soliola unfortunately his mother passed away uh last week before the match and that's why i see it didn't play and um we on the show all of us want to send out our heartfelt condolences to the big man um and it'd be really, really crap being in lockdown, not being able to do that. Don't want to ever be in his position, um, but sending a lot of love to him um, because he is one of the best men I've ever met. And I think most of us have ever met and we're all proud to know him. So I hope this period goes as smoothly as it possibly can. Blake? Yeah, yeah. Thoughts with Sia and his family. I'm sure his mother was um, incredibly proud of the man that he is and uh, he will continue to be. I'm, I can't imagine she wasn't proud of him. Um Things that we're not particularly proud of, the loss to the Seagulls. Yeah, well, we were kind of hopeful going into that game. A lot of other Raiders fans and uh, podcasts gave us no chance. Podcasts, but we were, yeah. yeah no but we were, whatsoever. But we were, we were pretty confident that we were in that game. And we were. We were in the game again right up to our eyeballs. And once again, mm. our effort was absolutely there. But it's the mm. execution let us down. Uh, yep. The kicking of your man DCE was a huge difference in the game. In the end, um, you know, really big difference. He he found uh, twice as many meters with the, the ball. So every time we had them under pressure, he was getting them out with huge roosts up the end of the field, and then they were following them up with great kick chases. That was a large part. I also think Moses Suley treating Sammy Williams as a speed bump. It was such a massive part of it. It was really sad to watch someone like Sammy Williams, who I've loved for so long and is just such an awesome bloke, be targeted to the effect that, I don't know, about six times he went over the top of them and made a minimum of 20 metres, sometimes 60 metres, and led to the Seagulls being able to put onto pressure that, you know, had a George Williams or a Matt Frawley, you know, or even an Aiden Caesar been there. Those things aren't happening, you know? and. It was very costly. A lot of people turned around and said, "Oh, the CNK drop on his first carry was a dude." You know, look, dude, it's just that wasn't drop. good. That happens to everybody. That wasn't good. It was, I no, felt so. Look, it wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't ideal, but it wasn't exactly like you know. It, it's one of those things that happens. He'll come back bigger and stronger at CNK. We're talking about here, but unfortunately, Sammy in that position was just he, he was really found out. And look, Elliot's two years older than he was when he's been defending players who can't do that. And we're up in Queensland. It's hot. They're getting tired and they just can't cover for people like they used to. We're going to Mackay this weekend. Elliot Whitehead is not going to be able to cover for someone who can't tackle. That's the way. You can't plug that hole in the line. So Matt Frawley's in this week and it's it's probably for the best as much as I've loved Sammy. And look, we've had Dennis Carnahan, you know. Um, He's you know, been in tears all week. 
He's, he's crying. In, he's been in tears. He's, we, he's we, crying. We've been on the phone. <laughs> I, I had to tell him that it was finally that, you know, that was just the way it was, you know, as much as we've loved Sammy, unless something dramatically changes coming back through New South Wales Cups in his defence, I, I just can't see where he has a place in the side anymore. You know, I'll run Brad Schneider in front of him now because that's the future. And Sammy's the past. It's been a wonderful past. He's been a great player and I have absolutely loved him, but I think it's time because, you know, in, in matches like this, and I've let sentimentality get in the way of the way I felt about players and kept selecting them too many, many times in the past. Um, this is one of those times where I'm thinking, you know, if Brad Schneider's the future, bring in Brad Schneider. I think. Well, why isn't Brad he playing now then? Good. Why haven't we brought in Brad Schneider already if he is the future? That's the question. Does the club not lack faith in him? You know what I mean? I think they wanted to get more runs in, in the lower grade, the New South Wales Cup. I think well, having New South Wales Cup this year is really throwing a spanner in those works. So they're, they're going down while there's still a chance. You know, we're still a chance. So why would you blood the kid now and put all that pressure on a la Trevor Shadell in 1993? And we all remember how horribly that went. Um, why would you put that pressure on the kid now when you can put Matt Frawley in and just say, we know you can tackle. So go in there and anything else we get out of you is a bonus. No, well, look, the, Matt Frawley is basically good for two things, kicking and tackling. And if he does both of those well this weekend against the Warriors, that's a big improvement on what we had last week because Sam Williams didn't yeah, tackle yeah. and his kicking game was as bad as it's ever been. I mean, I, it's, I struggle to think of really any good kicks we had in that game. Yeah, well, least, least of all, least of all um, Ruppin has attempted 40 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, well, look, he was having a go and, and I don't blame, I, I said, I don't blame him at all. The- and people said, why did, why did he take the kick? Why wasn't it Frawley or someone else? And I said, well, he probably was the one that put his hand up because the thing about yeah. Jordy Raps is he never dies wondering and he'll always try and look, he, no. not everything he does comes off, but he mm. always give it a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I knew he was the right person. He was the one with the biggest risk. Look, in reality, if you were going to go for the long-range field goal, the person who does our dropouts from under the stick is Jackie Boy Whiten. Yeah. Probably should have been the one going for it. But at the the time, like Jordan Rappiner has a huge roost on him. We know that. And why not? Why wouldn't he have a go for it? I I was fan. And look, he duffed it. The, the I, chances were slim anyway. The chances were slim anyway. It wasn't like it was a 20 metres out in front. No, you know, no. he, he had to really hit that one to get it there. And, you know, he went for the big one and he didn't connect well. And that's just the way it goes. Unless you've got Adam Reynolds or someone of that elk in your side, you know, the chances of someone pulling that off are pretty remote. But it does make you wonder is why isn't Jack Whiten putting his hand up? You know, he's the marquee player. He's the Dalian medalist. I guarantee you he didn't yeah, put his yeah. hand up and that's why, and Jordy Raps did, and that's why he got the ball. Yeah, and look, but I, I didn't have an objection to him getting the ball. I think he was a good person to, but yeah, I would like to see Jackie stepping up for that. But uh, Jordan Rappiner gets our uh, Blake and the Porks land speed records, $20 man of the match once more. Um, I, I had Matt Tomoko as my man of the match, but... I'm, I'm, I'm giving him the, the honourable mention. I think he played really well, but I think everything... One of the people I follow on Twitter from Manly basically said if Rapana doesn't cut, Rapana doesn't come off when he does, that Manly wouldn't have won. He reckoned yeah. that was, she reckoned that well, was the only point in the game. And he called for it though. Um, my word out of the camp is that he, he was having cramps and he'd had, you know, he needed to be broke. And that's why they did what they did when they look, did it. It wasn't, you know, any. Look, I noticed when he came off, he was, he looked absolutely spent and he looked gassed, but he's looked that way every week at fullback. And yet somehow he's found a way to keep on going. And and like, I think there were two, you know, there's probably a few reasons why we lost, but the two notable ones were, you know, the defensive Sammy Williams, the appalling kicking game by all parties throughout the whole game. And the other one is just Ricky's coaching, decision-making and use of the bench was also highly questionable. We went in with only two forwards. We got run over the top of in the back end. Manly looked fresh. We looked gone. Um, and the other one is yeah, taking off um, Geordie Raps. He may have called for it, as you right point out, but taking him off and throwing CNK in cold at that point of the game when it was really tight and in the balance, you know, in hindsight was was not the right move. And CNK, yeah, he got thrown straight in there and he he dropped that ball. 
Well, and look, they know it. They know it wasn't perfect, but he'll he'll be he'll be better for that go. Um, but yeah, look, it was just sad because the end and 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 what you're saying about Tomoko's right. Any every bit that we where we looked really dangerous that wasn't Rapana was Matt Tomoko. He looked fantastic in the match. And finally, when a, a try came, it came because he did something brilliant. And Harley, well, he set up. Did he set up. He set up both well. tries. He set up both tries except for the the final one. Um, and. Uh, He's got a pass. Like there was a big question mark. Was was he looked like? Is he another Ewan Aitken? Is he just one of these you know bulldozing ball running centers that will never pass? Always goes himself. We showed in that game he's got a pass. He's he's got some skill. Yeah, no, There's no, more no, strings to his bow. He's, def- he's definitely the future. Like he he's doing he's doing really really good things. And that's why I'm still not writing the boys off. I mean two wins, um, and they're through. But the the equation looks like this: we need to win a two or two. That's just the way it goes. Has to start with the Warriors this weekend. Um, with that, um, we either need to win both of those matches by handsome margins um, because we're minus 39 on points for and against with the Titans and we're minus 53 with the Sharks, or we just need to win two of them and the Titans lose um, at least one. They've got the Knights and the Warriors, but get smacked in one of them. Or And the Sharks need to lose at least one. They've got the Broncos and the Storm and get smacked by one of them as well. Now, I think both those things can happen. I think the Titans can go down to the Knights this weekend. Because the Knights, you know, like can really cement it and are on a, a little bit of a run now, but that could go the other way as well. Um, and the Sharks, I would suggest, will lose to either the Broncos or the Storm, possibly both. But the thing is, we need them both to drop at least one game, and we both and we need to win both of ours. And that's really what it is. And the only way we can really put the pressure on with that is by winning against the Warriors this weekend. Yeah, well, if, we but, don't, um, if we don't you know, beat the Warriors, it's definitely all over. I mean, it's, it's yeah, really... Yeah, no, 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 then the words mathematical come into it, but I don't even think that's there. But, you know, the Warriors this weekend, they now are operating under the terms mathematical. They can get in if really strange things happen. But, you know, a few things have made me upset over the weekend, but uh, one has particularly ground my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? You know what grinds my gears, Blake? You go on with hope that, you know, one of these sides will help you out. You're watching the West Tigers and you think to yourself, surely you've got enough to beat the Sharks. Surely you, you've got enough talent you, in there to beat Sharks. Did you actually watch that game? Surely. Yeah, yeah, yeah I have to watch all the games. I surely thought you only watched one game a week. As, uh, oh, yeah, as, as the criticism <laughs> is saying for people, no, no, I watch lots of them, as you find out from being, you know, a, a judge on the, you know, the NRL Player of the Year um, panel. Um, I watch a lot of games and, and do judgments of them, but I went on there. I thought, you know, surely with all this crap going off from tales from Tiger Town and all the stuff coming on, that against the Sharks, you know, one of the sides that against the Sharks, one of the sides the West Tigers really hate and vice versa, they could pull something out and look good. Imagine my horror when they let in 50 points. They are a pathetic rabble. And people go out there and say it's mad, it's this, that, and the other. No, 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 no. it's not. It's that the only players they can get and keep are the cast-offs, misfits, and rubbish that, that are out there, you know. And we've been in that position as Raiders before. And when it comes right down to when the blowtorch gets on the belly, they are a pathetic rabble. There's a couple of players out there who are okay, and the rest of them I would not feed, and it grounds my gears. Adam Dewey is a very good player. He's had a fantastic season. Feed, and, I you know, we him. actually were after him – prior to signing George Williams. We weren't. I raised his name and it was rejected out of hand. They were not after Adam Dewey. They weren't even considering him. Yeah. yeah I thought, well, I, I found it strange. I would, I would have absolutely had him. I remember watching him thinking this kid's got something and he's a passion. He's a, I would have thought he was a perfect fit for Rick. Yeah. And a big body and can play, can play basically anywhere. Yeah. Fullback center. Yeah. Five, eight. Yeah, five eight wing at a pinch. You could probably whack him at lock. He'd probably have a red hot go at it. So he's, yeah, no, he's, I would like him. He's like Jack Whiten. Mm. Sort of, yeah. Sort of, he is the Lebanese Jack Whiten. The, Le- <laughs> the Lebanese Jack Whiten. He's very, very good. As it turns out, one of his relations actually was playing in the Lewisham Christian, Christian Brothers side. The knocked knocked out my Hawker College boys out of the Commonwealth Bank Cup back in 1986, which featured a young Bradley Clyde in it. And there was a a, a Paul Dewey in there who we we strongly believe was a relative. That's an instant. Based on the fact I have the same same last name. 
you know what grinds my gears? Yeah, no, we we actually went and searched it up, and it actually is a relative. Okay. What grinds your gears, Blarko? Uh, Moses Sully got dropped from Manly, so after absolutely tearing his new one, dropped. And now, has he signed somewhere else? No, it, did, he's unsigned. So like? there's talk. There's talk that other clubs are looking in because last time he uh, re-signed with Manly, he got offered a lot more money um, to go to the Dragons. And I think it's actually the Dragons that are back in again for him. But he got offered a lot of money yeah. last time. But because Dez had basically saved his career, because I don't know if you remember, he'd been sacked from three or four clubs before he Sleeping ended up at Manly. Car. Yeah. <laughs> he'd been sacked. Mm, at um, training, when he was meant to be at training, he was found asleep in his car. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. Shocking, you know, like, and he was a kid, you know, like he's guiding him through that. Having said that, you know, he does remind me a little bit of a flat track bully because the first time we played them, we beat them unexpectedly earlier this season. He played like crap. And I did say in last week's podcast, he's coming for a big one this time to make up for that. And he surely did. Yeah. So well, the, the, it, yeah. It's, again, it's one of those things. He's, 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 you know, does look a million bucks when he's running it, Sam Williams. And I think defensively yeah. he's, he's got issues, so. I think he does too. It's now time for Ask Clown of the Week. <laughs> and this week I've got a special entry. A special entry. Now, you know, like it's all over bar the shouting. The board's made the decision. We've gone through things and we've actually sacked Curtis Scott. We got rid of him. Um, I didn't want to speak ill of him when he first came. I didn't really, I was very unimpressed when he got uh, done in Sydney um, by the cops. Um, regardless of whether they arrested him incorrectly, whatever. He was put in a cab that night by Elliot Whitehead and told to go home because he'd had too much. He went down the street. He got out of the damn cab. He got out of the cab and went and slept in the damn bushes. Is this allegedly? You know? And that's – no, that, this is what happened. Uh, who did you hear this from? Who did you hear this from? Allegedly. This was the story at the time. Well, I didn't he, read he this. I didn't read this. I didn't read this. Was this, leaked was, actually, to you? was this leaked to you by a club source? No, it was not leaked to me by club source. It was not leaked. And I am a club source, so, you know, whatever. And, and you know, everyone goes, oh, it was a leak by club source. They're kicking the poor bloke when he's down. Go and get stuffed, Curtis. You had one, you had two, you had three chances. You blew them all. You're an absolute ass clown. You know, you've got no one to blame for yourself. George Williams, I love you. I wish you were still here. But the way you and your manager played that game, you know what? You just weren't imagining you were going to get dumped by a club who was saying, we're not your bitch. Well, you went. And Johnny Bateman, we loved you. I'd still have you back. But you're a hypocrite when you come out there and say, oh, it's really horrible they were treating us. You came out in grand final week and agitated for a pay rise. So anyone who's having a go at the club for saying, oh, they treat the players badly, fuck you. The players have treated the club badly. And the fact they've been called out on it, Boo sucks to them. This is a business. If you want to go be an ass clown who goes to a pub and punches someone in the head under camera when you've had all these other things going, well, quite frankly, you're an idiot. And if the board goes, mm, you know, this is the third try and it's clear you're an idiot, you're an idiot. And you're my ass clown of the week, Curtis. And anybody who has a go and says, oh, the Raiders are leaking and such a stuff there. No, the Raiders are just saying how it was and they're allowed to say how it was and it, that's how it was. You know, yeah. and he's gone. There's the door. Slam it. Don't let it hit on your ass on the way out, Curtis. Off you okay. go. Okay. So ask before I, before I have my ass clown, I will say a few bits on the Curtis Scott situation. Um, yeah, look, it, I think that the, the inverted commas leaking of the John Bateman punch punching incident, whatever it is, was just a case of saying, hey, look, you can't accuse us of just sacking him over this one incident because there were multiple instances, mm. and it's like Todd yeah. Carney and Josh Dugan. There are numerous more things on the rap sheet that we never found out about that the club did That's right. at the time, kept quiet. And Curtis Scott came here with a lot of baggage. I mean, there's some pretty bad stories about him. I don't know if you saw one of his former teachers came out on Facebook late this afternoon and said he was an absolute ass clown at school to her. So he's, he's yeah, he's done some pretty awful stuff. Hopefully he wakes up to himself after all this. Stops drinking, realizes oh, alcohol. Realize he was only twenty-three years old. You yeah, know, like the fact that he's he's got this rap sheet at that age. I mean, I mean, really, when you look at it, what's the best thing Curtis Scott's done in his career? And it's punching Dylan Walker in the head. That's it. That's the best thing. He's yeah, done. yeah. Well, the other thing is too is look, he's when we signed him, I was against us signing him in the first place. It was pretty clear Rick you wanted BJ out the door, and he saw Curtis Scott as a as good in and. Melbourne Storm were, were willing to pay a fair bit of the freight to get him over here, which, you know, 
tells its own story. Melbourne and Roosters don't get it rid does. of players that they, you know, don't want to. Um, and yeah, he's, he's, he's blown it. He's got no one but himself to blame. I, Buzz Rothfield's reporting was on 600,000 a year, which I find hard to believe and absolutely flabbergasting if it's true. And look, if, if you go just basically on his on-field performances, forgetting about all the off-field stuff, they've really been underwhelming. So yeah, by punching the dude in the head at, um, at Kokomo's, Kokomo's, he's given the club an out. It's like, this guy's not delivering the salary caps tight, sack him, spend that money on a halfback. You yeah, know, it's, it's totally. a no, it's a no brainer for the club. And, and in terms of uh, Curtis Scott talk that he's going to be suing the club, if he gets found, not guilty, he's not getting found, not guilty. I've seen the video. It's damning. You know, it's, it's not like the, um, the Australia day incident where none of us saw the video. And when it came out, we were like, Oh, actually, the police were totally out of line there. I've seen yeah, the video. Pretty bad, yeah. It doesn't matter what the guy said to him in the lead up. He, he's not within his right to start jobbing him in the head, which is what he did. So, yeah, I mean, and the other thing that gets to me as well is people always say, oh, you know, you don't know what these players have to put up with, you know, and they get provoked and people try and say something mm-hmm. and make a name for themselves. I was involved in the Canberra nightclub industry scene for many, many years. And I saw many, many Raiders players out and about over the years. And not once did I see a member of the public harass them. It was always the other way around, to be honest. So yeah, I don't yeah. buy that and defense. If you're, getting, if you're getting paid that amount of money, if you're getting paid, you know, like even if you're getting a base like 250, which is, you know, a first grade contract, but if you're getting that, you are on very good freaking money. And if you're not smart totally. enough to say, hey, you know what, I'm not risking that, you know, and speaking as someone who's, you know, been in the APS, you look at the things that people try and give you one way or another, you know, whether it's a free meal or a ticket to a football game or training golf, I take absolutely nothing. You know why? I get paid well. I get great conditions. I'm not risking that. Go to hell. So if, if I'm doing that for my poultry salary, they're on something like they're on. And they're, you know, thinking, oh, I'm just going to hit this guy because he deserves it. Well, you know, there's plenty of times at work I'm with people. I'm thinking, you know what you really need, mate? But I don't do it. Curtis, just don't do it. You're an ass clown. Yeah. So who have you got for me on the ass clown? Well, I'm going to get Henry Perinara again. Oh, my God. Yeah. Not Henry. Henry again. It was, yeah. it was an astounding decision. <laughs> Tell me about it. Well, I just can't understand how he still keeps, keeps a job. In, as as a first grade video ref, and he's 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 got a gig again this weekend, but thankfully not in our game because that would have that would have finished me off. If I saw he was the video ref for our game against the Warriors, I mean, we, we remember was it his last game actually on the field was the the game against the Warriors, and he didn't Warriors, call the forecast. Yeah. yeah, look, if I didn't know better, I'd say Henry Perinara has pictures of someone in a very very compromising position because I just don't understand. I've always liked the bloke. He's a really charming, nice, friendly guy. Um and I've defended him in the past when people have said he's biased. I don't think he's biased. No, he's incompetent. He's, good. he's incompetent. And look, it's it's not to say that he's a nice guy. Sure, he's probably is a nice guy and maybe the NRL can find a job for him somewhere else, but making big decisions in big games is not his go. And that was uh, a baffling decision. Even the people who benefited from that decision were going, it was very much like when um, Hetherington got sent off against us for the Broncos. And we we're all looking at it saying, well, I'm glad we got a player from the opposition sent off, but that decision was just purely and utterly wrong. And that's what I was seeing in the Twitter traffic as well. Henry's decision, even though it benefited one side, the supporters of that side were coming out saying, uh, where the hell did that come from? Because there was just no way you got there. It, like it was so, I don't. I don't even know how I didn't listen to, I don't bother listening to Gray Maddensley's Monday things anymore because, you know, if I want to hear, you know, They're really boring. Someone coming up. But if I want to come up and hear somebody coming out with just mouthpiece rubbish trying to justify atrocities, outrages, and incompetence, you know, I'm sure I can find a better source and with a nicer voice than Graham Annersley. So I don't even listen to that. But yeah, they, in, in a week where a lot of strange things happen in the football, the Henry Perinara video ref decision was the winner. So yes, Ask Clown of the Week. He's he's going to be up there for getting a bit of an Ask Clown of the Year award. You know, maybe challenging me for the Ask Clown of the Year. I've already, I think, I think it's a dual. I think it's a dual award. Dual winners this year. He's, uh, yeah, he, he, he's done very, very well indeed. But we do have um, the Shark has a few opinions on Curtis. All right, listen, what's up, everybody? 
It's your pal Sharky, back again, and today we bid farewell to Canberra Raiders' wayward son, Curtis Scott. I know it's a sad day, you know, and by all accounts, Curtis Scott was a shit player on the field and a shit bloke off the field. But that seems to be, as more information comes out, kind of just the face value of things. You know, we're seeing a bigger picture painted about Curtis, someone who was battling addiction, alcoholism, and, you know, the toxic masculinity that is a part of the National Rugby League culture, it seems. You know, and Australia as a whole, I've lived here long enough to see that it can kind of swallow young men up. You know, I'm not taking any responsibility away from him. He did fully choose to grow that mustache and keep it on his face. And he did fully choose to get that awful wing tattoo on his back. You know, and he wears those jeans that have the lines on them and like pre-torn, they come to their ankle. Terrible. But, you know, maybe we need to take a step back and breathe a sigh of relief that uh, maybe Curtis Scott, you know, seeks the treatment that he needs. And, you know, maybe he'll find himself and also find someone that can take him to like a David Jones and show him how to dress like an adult. I don't know. That seems a little bit down the road. Uh, okay, so happy trails, Curtis. Everyone else, enjoy watching the Raiders lose to the Warriors this weekend so we can all partake in Australia's extremely toxic alcoholic culture as well. But still, gay green things. I love you all. Now, we just want to say here at Blake and the Pork that while the shark, you know, does come on a la BA Santa Maria, um, we don't endorse his comments, uh, nor do we support them in any way, shape or form, and we think he's an idiot. So yeah, pretty much. Know, any... any um, you know, might agreement we have with any statement he makes is purely coincidental. Okay. Please, so I just want to say that. Please direct your complaints, criticisms, and what have you to John Sharkey on Twitter. Yeah. We don't yeah, hear about please. it. John Sharkey, John Sharkey three. Yeah, we don't want to hear about it. Um, but you know, we are an equal opportunity ranter. So that's why we allow the likes of Sharkey. And we, we think, you know, everyone's allowed, you know, a platform for their opinion. And that's why he gets his. And it's a bit of so cultural diversity. It is. It is. And uh, look, one good thing about him, he does know how to spell ass. <laughs> ass. As, yeah, ass. Uh, and and um, yeah, the beanie's gone off well. All 25 are now sold. Uh, limited edition. You're going to wish one day that you had one, that you were on that train where you can say, I had a limited edition, first edition, Blake and the Pork ass clown beanie. Yeah, you I'm know, just hoping yeah. that round one or round two, whenever we're the first home game of the year is next year, we're back at Bruce and. Uh... There's a few ass clowns getting around. Yeah, oh, there will be ass clowns around, whether the beanie's there or not, I don't know. But we do have the Warriors, and it's a must-win for the Warriors. They're mathematically still a chance, and they're very good upsetting, and they have won four of the last seven between our two sides. And that's a period where we have been clearly the better of the two sides, and they've won four of the seven matches. Um. They've got a few players in really good form. Adam Fanua Blake is playing as well as he has ever played. Um, Josh Curran, although funny looking dude with a headgear on um, and unfashionable in the way he goes about it, is really doing well um, in the back row for them. And of course, young Reese Walsh, young 18 year old Reese Walsh, he's a goer, that kid. He's an absolute goer. Of course, just to annoy the crap out of us all, there's Dallin uh, Watney Zelezniak, who um, is always good for a bit of a go. You and Aitken in the second row. Um, uh, now finding a little bit of a, a, a second win there. They've got the likes of Jazz, Tavanga, um, Bunty Afoa, um, just players who can give it to you. Now, I'm very much hoping, you know, likes of Adam Pompey and stuff don't have a good day and we can beat them. But, you know, it's always a worrying match. What do you think, Blake? Probably a good thing that they lost to the Broncos, isn't it? The, the, in theory, they don't have as much to play for this week, but we've been in that situation mm. against them in the past. Like those... Yeah, we, we, we've lost to them. When was it? Was it twenty? Was it last year? Twenty nineteen, the last round of twenty, last round of twenty nineteen, and I believe that was one of Hudson Young's um, incidents on Adam Pompey as well. Yeah, well, we rested, we rested players, and they beat us. They had nothing, and there was another one where they had yeah, nothing CNK to play and for. And Bateman didn't play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's but, always, um, it's always but, tough against the Warriors. It's always tough. It is. And and you know what well, they 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 won't be going out you know meekly in into the into the the night. One thing we do have is we played on the Friday night. They played on the Sunday, so we've actually got two extra days turnaround on them, which is really very rare for us to actually be benefiting from. I, I, stage, although we, 
I don't think it makes as much difference um, this year with all the teams being based in Queensland. I don't think we've seen the effects of the turnaround as as dramatically as we have in past seasons. I think we're going to see it this weekend because we're playing in Mackay. Now, you will note that the, the, the teams that played up in Rockhampton and further north, there was a real wilting in the second half and when it got hot. And once the side broke away, they really broke away. Hence the Sharks over the West Tigers. You know, it was just like once any dearth of possession happens whatsoever, one side can get really on top. And so the Raiders really have to hold the ball. We're, we're running out with Jordan Rappiner at fullback, Bailey Simonson on one wing, Harley Smith-Shields on the other. We've got Sebastian, Chris and Matt Tomoko in the centres. Jack White and at six, Matt Frawley into Schumann. The shoe seven. man. The shoe. What, where, what happened to Sammy yeah. Williams? He, he must Sammy be injured. Williams, I believe he picked, he picked up a knock. <laughs> he picked up a knock. <laughs> he picked up a knock. That's why picked, Frawley had to come on. Uh, and he did, yeah. we, we, it's, we're not sure how long he's going to be out with this knock. It's, it's, no, it's, it's a week-to-week week week thing. It's a week proposition. It's a week, yeah. Because cause it's a week no, one, proposition. no one's actually dropped in 2021. No one ever's really? dropped in 2021. No, no. I thought Seb Chris might have picked James up. dropped. I thought Seb Chris might have picked up a knock as well. Uh, uh, Ryan James was rested. <laughs> Ryan James was rested. Oh, that's right. He was rested. Now, in the front row, we got Josh Papali'i, we got uh, Josh Hodgson, and we got Joe Tarpanay. So we got three J's in the front row. That's pretty good. Where's JJ Josh, Collins Josh, when we Joseph. need him? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> JJ Felice. JJ Felice. <laughs> he changed his name, didn't he? Talking about. Yeah. yeah, that's right. In the second, like Brandon Coston, I believe. Also, Coston Nee Pearson. Well. Um, we got. Yeah, yeah, we got um, uh, Hudson Young in the uh, second row with Elliot Whitehead and Ryan Sutton locking it. And that's a good pack. Then on the interchange bench, we got. But we, we had we had a good pack last week, and we started yeah. off very well, but then it was the 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 bench and the rotation that really let us down, and that's where we struggled. Well, this and this look, we missed Tommy Starling as well. We missed Tommy Starling. Oh, yeah, time. and we did. But playing the Tommy Starling role this week, we'll be seeing K. So he'll be coming on after about 30 minutes and going into that dummy half role is my prediction. What and about isn't that, zooming out of there? Isn't that where Saliva's going to come I in? Think, I think I think, uh, I think Havili's going to come in and um, in the in the um, back row. Not Could in the back row. Not in the back row. Going to hook up. But I, I don't think he's going to get big minutes because he's barely played. I think Havili probably come in with a lot. Either come on very early in the match and pay a hard 20 or come at the back end of the match and pay a hard 20 there. I don't think he's going to play big minutes. He just doesn't have the the match conditioning. But big reds back, Corey Horsburgh in the 16 jersey. He's uh, he's He did well. Two good matches for the Bulldogs. Had a good outing there and he's come back. And I think he, he's really going to show us what we've got. Also a Queensland boy. So the redhead should be used to the Queensland heat. Emre Gula, I think um, we've seen real effort from him. Um, that's our side. So their side, they got the Reese Walsh, the kitty at the back. Um, very good. Uh, Dallin Watney's Lesniak on one wing. Marcelo Montoya on the other. Also had a good match last weekend. Peter Hiku in the centres with Adam Pompey. So two big centres, um, hard-running big centres. So there'll be a lot of work there. Sean O'Sullivan at six and Chad Townsend at seven. Now, do you know Chad Townsend has yet to win a match playing for the Warriors? Yeah, I did. It's, he's, he's like 0-5. The worst standing yeah, size ever. Did he not wish, miss the kick for the Sharks yeah. to uh, give us the win? Yeah, so yeah. this will be the second time we've played him this year. And, um, yeah, let's hope it goes the same. Then we got – they've got in the front row, Adam Fanua Blake, who is just playing out of his skin. Like, he is really – you know, every now and then a player goes to the Warriors on a big money offer and you don't see very good stuff on him. Nah, he's killing it. It's like when Price and Wiki went to the the Warriors and all of a sudden they had a good front row. Adam Fanua Blake has been worth every penny. They got Wade Egan at hooker. He's not the flashiest, but we're solid. No, he does, Lodge is he does the job. He does, yeah, the, he job. does the job. Getting back, to, back and- getting back, though, to Chad Townsend. Oh, yes. How excited must the fans of the North Queensland Cowboys be about getting Chad next year. They would be beside themselves. <laughs> three years, three years at 800,000 a year. I, I actually thought that Todd Payton was quite a good coach until he, until he signed Chad Townsend for three years at 800,000. Look, he's a Todd premiership Payton winner. Gets, Todd Payton gets the best he can out of the stuff he's got in front of him. If he sees something, maybe he'll get it out. 
I've got a lot of time for Ming the Merciless. Have you noticed how much Todd Payton looks like Ming the Merciless? Yeah, it's, it's I have. Amazing. I don't know I how, how, how it hasn't been brought down. Matt Lodge playing good footy back after a bit of a spell. Uh, Josh Curran, who we've already talked about in the second row with you and Aitken, excellent George centre now in the second row, doing quite well in that mobile role. I and think he's he's, he's, he's better suited to centre. I mean, sorry, to, to second row than centre because there is a guy, yeah, I was saying about Matt Tamaka, he does not pass the ball. He never passes the ball. He always goes himself. Mm. So, yeah, second row probably yeah. is, is. But speaking of second row, Jack Murchie's right down the uh, pecking order for the Warriors. Oh, he certainly is. Because on the yeah. bench, we've got Cody Nicarima. Always gives us trouble. I can't remember the last time we played against Cody Nicarima, whether it be the Warriors or the Broncos, where he didn't score a try. So, yeah. if, if you want to take Tim's hot tip... Cody Nicarima to score a try because he loves scoring against the Raiders. I cannot remember the last time we played them where he didn't score one or set one up. In fact, he's the person who threw the massively forward pass to Adam Fanua Blake uh, for the Warriors early this season to actually win them the match that Henry Perinara and his two-touch judges completely missed in spite of the fact that everyone in their galaxy and people at a different field three across saw it. Um, so yeah, no good. But Cody Nikarima, uh, Bunty Afoa in the sixteen, in the fifteen, then Elise Katoa in the sixteen, and then Jazz Tavanga in the seventeen jersey. Then we get to the bit that no one gives a crap about except for me, which is the extended bench. Who's on the extended bench? Um, before they, you go into uh, the, Jum- before you go into it, I've actually done what? a bit of a, I've done a remix of that song. Okay, go. Do you want to hear it? The extended yes. bench. No one ever comes off the extended bench. <laughs> if there was ever a week, good. so funny. If there was ever a week for someone to come off the extended bench, I thought finally, you know, th- th- that team that Rick selected against the Seagulls was so crazy that there had to be some smoke screen happening. There had to be some masterstroke, some grand plan, some vision, and someone would come off the extended bench. But no. So the chances of, of someone coming off the extended bench this week where no one came off last week, I think are less than zero. But go on, go on. Uh, humorous right, with the extended I've got 50. Okay, just, just on those things, I've got 50 cents that says someone from one of the sides comes off the extended bench this week. Um, we got Jermaine Tanoa Brown, uh, Rocco Berry, uh, Kane Evans, the world credential Kane Evans, fresh from uh, taking a week off for punching... Uh, um, Will Chambers. In he head, only got one week only... out of. I thought he got charged for about ten things. That game. he only got one week off. Only got one week for that. Um, and then he got. But mind you, he's sitting in the reserves now. And then he got Jack Murch. He's sitting in the twenty-two jumper. For the Raiders, we've got Sammy Williams, Dynamis Louis, Sammy Valame, and Trey Mooney. I'm giving that one to the Raiders on the basis of Louis and Valame right there, and the promise of Trey Mooney, and the promise of Trey Mooney. And what about Sammy? That, that's well, he Sammy. won't come. Sammy Williams, he won't come off because he's injured. No, he's he suffered a knock. I'm surprised they're putting there. It's just a smoke screen. He sort of got some sort of like yeah, he's got still got old stud marks all over his chest from where Mozilla ran over the top of him. So he's... while we're talking Kane Evans and people going in the sin bin, I actually watched uh, Wigan lose to it. Uh, Wigan lost to St Helens. Um, I don't remember who it was. I did see the image of um, Johnny Bateman getting a Donagi for the ages. Yes. Well, it was in that game. He also managed to get Sinbin twice in that game. It was a little bit hard done by, but he got Sinbin twice in the game. And Wigan, not going well. Not going well. They lost. Yes. Well, they needed a halfback, but they didn't get one. Yeah. Oh, look, I was was speaking of, are we going to talk about... um, the sort of the search for the halfback for next season? Not, not quite yet. First off, um, before we leave, you know, talking about the Warriors match, Lord Funkington has some views on this. G'day Raiders fans and all you other scrubbers. It's Lord Funkington here for another week talking about the Warriors. We're talking about the Warriors, for God's sake. The team that could only fall across the line because Jordan Rapana wouldn't get down and dive at the death in round three for a 31-34 loss. Man, that was a bad day. It was a bad day, and it signaled a lot of bad things. I reckon you can put point to that loss as the beginning of the end for the Raiders' season. Georgie Williams was uh, not not thrilled about being in Canberra. The Raiders lost. The ball was last. They, they fought gamely, but they didn't win. And the next week, the very first case of the Delta variant of the coronavirus COVID-19 was found in Australia, was diagnosed in Australia. So that loss fucked everything, fucked everything. Everything 
And now we get our chance for revenge. This is the cure game. This is the vaccine game. When we smash these pricks by 56 this week, we will, we will be setting right something in the world that was off its axis. Everything's going to level out. Things will go okay. Lockdowns will go away. Football will be able to be played. The Raiders will be back where they belong in the fringes of the top eight or just playing finals in general. That's my wish. It'll be Raiders by 56. They'll either score, win by 56 or they'll score 56. 56 is the key numbers for this week. Bye-bye. And whereas we don't naturally always endorse the views of those coming on and doing segments on our show, we absolutely, without question, endorse Lord Funkington and his views that somehow or other 56, you know, whether the Raiders score it or whether the Raiders win by it, that's what's going to happen this weekend. 56-point win over the Warriors. It's going to be emphatic. On your Lord Funkington, running it straight. We'd love Fantastic to see it. Effort We'd there. love to see it. We, we absolutely would. Obviously, you know, you've got to... Um, to win, we've just got to control the ball. We've got to defend well. We've got to grind. And as Blake, you found earlier this week in the stats, you got to score early in the sets. Yeah, well, there's, there was uh, some stats I heard on the um, the very good Hello Sport podcast uh, is that the good teams now uh, are scoring and the good teams being, your, you know, your Storm, your Rabbitohs, your good attacking teams, your Panthers, to a less extent, the Roosters, they're scoring more of their tries on tackles zero to three than they are on four, five, six. Seventy percent of their mm. tries are scored on the on the start of sets because um, they're not doing what we do. And teams like ourselves and and the Knights was thrown in there, and there's a couple of others, but we're still playing an old style football where you're having three or four hit ups and effectively settlers. But uh, yeah, so we are playing too structured and too defensive sort of conservative style football where, um, you know, we're wasting too many tackles and it's only on the, the, the fourth or fifth that we're trying to put on a move or a play and, you know, yeah, do yeah. some shape and, and we've got to go away from that. It doesn't work from here, we actually have to try it on. Chance your hand. What the hell have we got to lose now? It's such a positive move having CNK at 14 because if he can get in there at dummy half and actually really cause a bit of trouble there because he's strong and he'll get out fast, you know, and really put, you know, people at two minds and actually get that real pressure. Because one of the things that's been great with our back five of late is really, you know, taking the ball up and getting us out of the danger zone was a good hard runs. Imagine if CNK as well as the back five in there, all of a sudden, you know, you're kicking from the other side of halfway and you're able to put pressure and hopefully they drop the ball, you know, and that's, it's a really positive thing to do. But um, look, we've had um, our specialists looking into the statistics of uh, the Warriors and how we might beat them. So now it's time to rip in with Arnie J. We can make a lot of excuses for the Warriors and what they've been through in the last two years. It is a huge credit to them to keep our competition going. When we get through all of this, it would be great to see the Warriors play every game in New Zealand next year as a thank you from the NRL and the fans. As far as the club in general goes, they really should do better. Often full of New Zealand internationals and big names, but consistently disappoint on the football field. The resumes of the coaching staff doesn't stand out as A-grade talent to me. Brown did well in the UK, but his record in Australia over 250 games is not great. We can give him somewhat of a leave pass for Newcastle games he coached, as that place was in a dreadful state. As far as stats goes, most of their yearly averages are similar to ours, which is a blight on our season. So how do we beat them? Well, the Warriors are really well balanced as far as where they score their tries across the field. They concede 75% of their tries out wide with only 24% up the middle. Having said that, I think we have an advantage up front. I would bash and barge up the middle with plenty of offloads and support runners. Once we are finished with that after 20 minutes, we bash and barge until half time. I would continue to do that until the 60 minute mark, then spread it out to the edges and out wide to get outside their tired forwards. We have a lot to play for this week whilst they don't. Go hard and bruise early. Give them an excuse to give up quickly. If we play well, I am confident of a comfortable win for the green machine.
Thank you, Arnie Jay. Once more, you, you he's been a real fine this season, hasn't he, Arnie? You know, another reason why, you know, Raiders review with Blake and the Port continues to hold off the challenges and stay in the third position for the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet. I think the I, I think it's just an, another indication of uh, you know, the interesting characters you find on Twitter. This show is littered with them. <laughs> It really is. Yeah. yeah, no, you meet people, you say, hey, do you want to have a gig? There's been a lot of talk about, you know, George Williams has gone and Sammy Williams has picked up a knock and we don't know how long he's going to be back for. And could be out Brad for life. Snyder, you know, is, could, could be, be out for a while. Could be medically retired. Could be, could be like someone else. There could be a medical retirement looming. Well, there is definitely, I've heard, I've heard sounds that Jared Croker's knee is, is bone on bone and that that's going to be a continuing problem whether or not he's actually a viable option now going forward without like, uh, you know, major surgery, which, you know, at his age, is there any point in that? So yeah, there could be a medical retirement for our captain coming best, up there, which would be, I think the, uh, it'd be sad, but would be in the best interests of all parties. If Jared gets a medical retirement. Well, look, I'd, I'd love to see him come back and, you know, I'd really love to see him come back and make, the 300 games because he's so close to it. But here's the thing. There is a reason why so few players have made 300 games because it's really hard to be that good for that long Yeah, to, you know, actually be able to get 300 games. It's really hard to do it. Anyone who gets over 250 has done incredibly well, like, like not just sort of well, they've done incredibly well. But it does irk me to see him sitting there on 291 games, just nine games shy of it, and thinking to myself, I, I'm just not sure he gets those nine games strong. No, because and, and look, look, nine games. Even these crap. Nine games is, uh, you know, well, it's almost half a season. You know, it's it's more than a third of the season. You can't carry someone for nine games, uh, you know, because every two points is vital, and it. it NRL is cruel. It's not like AFL where someone will sort of announce their retirement and then they'll get them out there just for one last swan song and they'll ride mm. off into the sunset. It's it's there's not really the opportunity to do that. But yeah, I think I think medical requirements are the best because he's you know he's got a contract. He's entitled to whatever money um, he's yeah. owed, and if he can get that and it doesn't count towards the salary cap, well, that's in the best interest of everyone. And the other thing I'll say about look, is is look. He's not that old purely in terms of age, but he debuted very young. So he's played a lot of yeah, games. So like, you know, some players might might play until they're 34, but maybe they don't make first grade till they're 22 or 23 or 24. He was playing first yep. grade. He's basically been in the side since he was, what, 19? And he 18. hasn't missed... Yeah, he, and he hasn't, missed 18. yeah, he hasn't missed a whole lot of football in that time. No. Uh, and so no, although he's only 31 or he's just turned 31, there's a lot of miles on the clock. Yeah, there is. There is. Um, it just, he's just been such a, he's such an awesome guy. Um, B, his goal kicking has never been better. No, speaking um, of goal kicking, we, is, is Jordy Rapp's going to do the kicking this week? That's the question. I would safely assume that it is Jordan Rapp enough. For I did a bit of research week. to see, because I thought, I wonder if Matt Frawley can. Matt Frawley's uh, a kicker as well. Goal kicker? Um, yeah, he's a goal kicker as How, well. What are you basing I, that I on? I don't. I don't know. I've seen him when he was playing with Canterbury. Um, he no. he was kicking goals. No, he's never kicked a goal for Canterbury, and he's never and he was in the Super League as well, and he never kicked a goal. I checked this before the show. I do my research, Pork. You're right. He's never you, kicked a goal. Like you, who just sort of makes up facts on the spot. I actually you, checked this right. out before he's the show. He's never, never kicked, kicked a goal. A, uh, he's never kicked. Anyway, so getting back to what I was going to talk about, which is the halfback hunt for next year. It's the big mm-hmm. question. Who? who are we going to get? Because I think the difference between us having a, a good year next year and a pretty mediocre one, a la this year is going to be who we get to play number seven. And now we clearly have yeah. money. We've got George Williams money. We've now got Curtis Scott's money as well. Well, not all of it. Some of it will go to the young kids, but there'll still be, you know, a fair bit of money there. And um, who are we going to sign? You know, Mitchell Pierce. Well, there was talk of Mitchell Pierce, and now I don't he's see still it. signed. I don't see it. That he's still signed for Newcastle for next week, next year. But I have heard worse ideas than that. Well, the thing with Mitchell Pierce is he's got a one-year deal, right? 
And I, I've heard the mm. Knights are prepared to let him go. So if the Raiders were to offer him, you know, in theory, a two-year deal, you wouldn't want to sign him for any more than two years. You wouldn't want to do a sort of Adam, Adam Reynolds-style three-year deal. Um, in theory, he'd be a chance of coming, but I just can't see him coming to Canberra. And I can't see him playing for the Raiders. It just, just doesn't make sense to I me. have seen worse fits. Look, I, but look, there's, there's also the Brad Schneider option. You know, why not? Why wouldn't you give that a go? You know, he's been brought down here for that, that specific reason. Why wouldn't you give it a go? Well, if, if you were going to give it a go, why not give it a go this year? I don't know. What did Maybe we it's just not enough, not enough, not enough stuff in, in the tank. You know, like it says to me, cup times. it says to me that if we really thought that he was the viable option moving forward, you give him, you give him a run. You give him a run. Maybe it wouldn't have been in the plan at the start of the year to give him a run, but it's a bit like Sam Walker at the Roosters. Well, you know, it's come no, around a bit yeah, sooner but, than, we, than we thought. I'm look, not that presidential out there in England. No, Aiden is recent. Aiden Caesar's re-signed in the UK. Yeah, but what what is a contract mean? He doesn't want to come back to camera and he's changed clubs. He's gone to a better club. He's not he's not coming. Oh, actually, so after the sort of depressing defeat on last Friday night against Manly, it was obvious to me that we needed to sign a halfback. And I searched high and low, wide and far. I looked through all the available options and it's still pretty much, you know, I think, Pierce is not going to come and he's too old. The other options still are uh, Luke Brooks, who has a deal again um, with the Tigers, but will be, they're willing to let him go. He's only got one year and he's got, you know, presumably if we were to take him, they'd, they'd pay a fair bit of the freight. I think he's on 800 now. We'd probably pick him up. I think we would have. I think we would have heard a lot more about that option if anyone was talking about it at all. Well, and then there's the Ash Taylor, one that's still out there as well. Again, available for cheap money uh beyond that i looked through new south wales cup i looked through the queensland cup i went all the way through the super league which i don't think we'll get another half back out of the super league but i went all the way through the super league to see if there were options any options there. there's really none and so when i went through just the nrl squads i just sort of have a feeling and this could be a bit of a blake stradamus but blake i would be not stradamus. yeah where's the where's the music dennis it's supposed to be still coming i think we're going to end up with one of three players playing seven for us next year Cade Cust, yep. right? There's been talk that yep. we were after him in the past. Custy. Cade Cust, Custy. Sean O'Sullivan. It's a bit of a weird one. I mean, considering his, his, his old no, man. No, I've, I've heard, yeah, I know, but I've heard worse options than Sean O'Sullivan. And his, yep. his, and old man is, his old man is still the recruitment manager or whatever at the Warriors, but he's off contract and his brother-in-law, Matt Lodge, is there, so... People don't think it's likely for those reasons. And then the other one is uh, Adrian Lamb's son mm. at the Roosters. Mm. Well, I'll throw your curveball in there. I think the player who's going to play seven for the Raiders next year is already playing at the club. And I think they will play seven next year while we figure out what seven is looking forward to going forward. And I think that's Josh Hodgson will be wearing the number seven jersey next year. Yeah, right. I thought you were going to say Jordan he's, Rapana. He's, no, I think it's going to be Josh Hodgson for playing Brad, the seven jersey next year. I'll tell you what, Matt Frawley's got two games to potentially earn himself a new deal because yeah. he's so yeah, look, and he's I, I unsigned he for next year. And the other Sam Williams, it's been reported that he was close to re-signing, but I still haven't seen anything official I certainly yet. Re-signed. I don't well, even, there were reports that's happening, but I couldn't find anything online to say that it's definitely. There's no story saying the deal's actually been done. Well, I think Josh Hodgson is a very hot chance of running out at the number seven. He can do the kicking. He can do the organising of the play. It really isn't that much of a variance from him, and it probably prolonged his career a little bit as well. No, yeah. Well, um, the thing is with him, when he's been going to 13, lock, call, call what you want, mm. when um, Tom Starling's been coming on, you know, after the 20-minute mark, that's when we've looked the best. And yep. although he's in theory, playing lock and he does take the odd hit up while he's in there. He's basically playing as halfback. And yep. he's got, he's and got that's that. why I think that will be formalized. He's got that long pass that the likes of Cleary, you know, et cetera, have that he can get the ball out. You can tack on the edges pretty quickly because he can throw that, you know, long pass and you can have yep. Jack already out there pretty wide. 
and and he does have a very good short kicking game, and he has a very good long kicking game, and he's certainly in control. When of he's the not team. kicking into like the back little... of one of his um <laughs> own players, yeah. it's what he does he with does his a, kicks. He... Nah, I reckon. He's, but maybe that's because maybe because maybe that's because he's kicking from um, dummy half, so there's more bodies in the way. If he was at back at seven, he'd have a bit more time and space. To he might have kicks. a bit more time. I, I just think his body could probably do with a bit of a break now and he, 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 in long gate, and it actually sharpen him for the game if he was at seven. Um, so we there, do think you know, we do think he's he's definitely he's definitely going to be at the club next year. Oh, almost positively. I mean, for a starter, the the Broncos have gone on such a spending rampage already. I think they've already done the cash that was needed to – because the Raiders are not going to pay any freight for a player to leave. So it's not like you're going to get any budget basement here. It would be – he would have to agree to something less than he's on in Canberra, substantially less than he's on in Canberra, and and walk away from what that is and, you know – you're talking a great deal of money for a for a very short career. He's just not going to do it. Josh Hodgson will be at the club for at least next year, at least next year. You know that 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 stuff that's gone under the bridge. But um, you know, and I think he's been playing fairly good football. But um, you know, talking about people that need to play good football, it's time for who's got a lift? Who? You happy with that? No, not really. Oh, um, that was good, uh, Jackie. Yeah, Jackie boy um, had a bit of a lull, didn't do too badly last week, but he needs, again, he needs to go up. He needs to seize this game. He needs to be dominant in the game. He showed a few signs in the match of good kicks and hard chases, good tackling and so on. He needs to put a complete game together where he's dominant. I still call him for lift. It really should be called Jack's got to lift this season. Jack's got, he, needs to own, he needs to own, but speaking of Jack, he needs to own you know, the big moments. He needs to be the one that's putting his hand up to take the miracle. Yep. You know, yeah. he needs to be when, when, if the Roosters were in that situation, Brad Fittler's calling for the ball. Yep. Brad Fittler's the guy that's taking the he kick. Is. There's no question. Laurie Lade is calling for the ball. Ricky yeah. Stewart's calling for the ball. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There, there, there's no question. Um, but the other player is CNK. I know he had a bit of a rough start coming in. Everyone drops a ball. Everyone drops a ball but he needs to come out in this match. If we're a chance to go into the finals and go beyond that, and I think we are, he needs to come out and really hit that line like the CNK of old and just say, I'm here, and if you're going to beat me, you're going to have to be damn good. You know, my boy has just really got into the Raiders. He's just decided that the football's what he's all about, and he's been going into the old recorded uh, matches on the... Um, VHS hard disk and, 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 and playing them. And we've been watching some of the 2019 games. And one of the things that's really stood out in a lot of those games was, is just CK's the complete hair? intense. Yeah. But the intensity <laughs> of chance and the intensity of John Bateman, just the intensity of both of them, just the relentless intensity. I mean, we always talked about it with Johnny Bateman about like, he just kept going at people, but just watching CNK, everything was a hundred is a hundred miles an hour. Everything is absolutely full on. If you want to tackle him, you better really want to tackle him because he's not going to be a half assed effort that puts him down in those, you know, he is coming at you like a ton of bricks. He's always like he, in none of these matches I've seen him make anything less than 10 meters unless someone's blatantly offside to pull him down. None of them like, and he just hits like a train. If he can come back and start doing that sort of form, we're a real chance because if we can win this Warriors match and, and do a good job of it, that gives you momentum to play against the Roosters. And if you can get that in, once you're in this eight this year, I know there's such clear front runners in Panthers and Melbourne. And then there's a bit of a drop before South Sydney and Manly. And um, well, that's really it. Oh, and, and then the Roosters, there's a bit of a drop. But there's that wildcard aspect where if you have been there, if you've got that experience... And you're Stephen Bradbury. You're on your skates. Stay on your damn skates. You're a chance. And if he can comes up and gets that intensity back in, we're still in our skates in a big way. And the opposition should be scared because at any stage we can either polax them, you know, when they've got the ball, or smash through them, you know. And he's not, you know, that's why. So I want him to lift. It'd be great. You've got a listener, a very special listener of the week for us this week, don't you? Well, I think we're going to have one each. So I, th- I thought you wanted to do the celebrity one. Well, yes. Look, my um, wife makes me watch a lot of stuff on 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 telly, which I don't particularly want to watch, um, chick flicks and stuff like that. But I do it, you know. I've looked at my head in the mirror and I realise I'm punching miles and miles and miles above my weight. So you really are. You stuff, really are. 
I'm massively punching above my weight. Everyone knows it. I know it especially. So if she wants to watch what we do. And one of those things has been the Australian show Offspring. And I watched pretty much all of it. And featuring in that was Matt Neves, who it turns out is not only a Canberra Raiders supporter, but he's a listener of Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. There you and go. So he's our listener of the week this week. And even better news for Matt you have a celebrity version of the Raiders Review Blake and the Pork Ask Clown, Ask Clown Beanie coming your way as soon as you tell us where to send it. So you're my listener of the week this week, Matt Lanier. Yeah, yeah he, actually, he actually inquired about the beanies, but we'd already sold out at that point. But then we decided, you know what? This beanie that I've been keeping for John Sharkey, I can have it instead. <laughs> there was no way I was giving him Danny Stewart. There was no way I was going to give him Danny Stewart's beanie. But no, John no, and, and 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 by this stage, uh, Dennis Carnahan, uh, the person who's done the you know one of our favourite sons of this show, who's done the most wonderful theme music of any podcast anywhere, far in excess of what this podcast deserves. One's winging is the, its way to him right now, if it's not there already, in honour of his birthday. That is this week on the twenty eighth. So happy birthday to you, Dennis! Happy birthday! Great fan of the show. We love you. Uh, who have you got for listener of the week, Blake? So I've actually got another, yeah, we've got another listener of the week as well. And it's um, T. Wade, who uh, is a long-time listener, an old friend of mine. This is the problem with no spreadsheet uh, of listeners of the week. I had actually thought that he had previously been listener of the week, back right back in the early days. I but can't no, believe you haven't been keeping a spreadsheet. Yeah, no. He, I got confused because he, although he wasn't a listener of the week, he did feature in the early days of the show when we used to actually – ask people questions and read them out. Yeah. Well, we don't bother with that anymore. Right. No, we're too interested in the sounds of our own voices. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so he got, he I got have, I have set good news. I've set Arnie J on the thing of going back through all the old episodes and then to create the, uh, the spreadsheet for listener of the week. Yeah. He sent us a little picture and it was like the Blake and the Pork trifecta. And he had listened to um, every episode of Blake and the Pork Tick owner of an ass clown beanie tick and then they had listener of the week cross so he's realized there's one sure way to become a uh, listener of the week and that's to jump on itunes and leave his review and that's what he did two words Detail. danny stewart two words danny stewart that's the title a middle of the road weekly summary of all things camber raiders it's basically held up by their sensational segment starring none other than danny stewart Check out the Raiders review. It's as compelling as a Craig McLaughlin comedy special. Five stars. <laughs> so there you go. Danny Stewart, Danny Stewart uh, has definitely has his fans. And unfortunately, he's, he's not appearing in the, in the show this week. He took the loss to Manly pretty hard. We're actually he, having some contractual issues. Danny's asking for more money and um, we don't have any money. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well, he's he, I, I, he's been talking to some other shows as well, apparently. Yeah, yeah, but um, uh, Solzy is as rejection of the Green Green podcast because they hate each other. So you know that's just the way that one goes. Who knows? He could be Who he knows? could but be joining. He could be he could be re replacing Paul Osborne on on the Raider Nick. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he could probably do a very good Paul Osborne impersonation. <laughs> Which I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear that as well. And and good news, um, uh, Solzy really has cheered up after we we crooned to him last week. He he loved the version of "Don't Give Up" on a Solzy. And for those of you who didn't know, that was a cover of a David Soul song from 1978. For, for those, of, for those of you who are under the age of 50 and weren't avid yeah. viewers of the uh, the TV show Starskin Hutch, Starskin David Hutch. David Soul was yeah. was um, Hutch, the main, the blonde. Yeah. Most people, most people listening to the show would be more familiar probably with the um, Ben Stiller, Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, yeah. But oh, John, awesome. John, John Michael Glasner was the uh, was Starsky, and um, he was actually you know meant to be the the cool guy, and and David Soul was just the eye candy. And as his spin off, he got to do a song which was uh, no, he did um, Silver Lady was one, and then uh, Don't Give Up on Us Baby, and then that was his hit. Disappeared. We have reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. And of course, the biggest reason to be cheerful is CNK is back. You know, he is back and he'll be better for the run. It's going to be great. We've got two extra days turnaround on top of the Warriors who've had the wind taken out of their sails by only going to Mathematical. And we're still in it. 
Now, I've been talking to a lot of people or hearing a lot of people saying it's all over bar the shouting and we're gone and this is crap. Ye of little freaking faith. The Raiders of 1989 had to win every single match after the Orange period just to make it to the finals. Did they give up? Did they say, oh, no, we can't do this. We're out of it and turn up their toes? No, they won and they won and they won. They got into fourth position and the rest is history. And I've been calling it for a long time back, haven't I not, have I not, Blarco? That they're going to come in, they're going to do a run, and they're going to really give this thing a yeah, shot. Because you know you, what? The front, the front predict- runners have been doing it too easy. You predicted we were going to go on an unbeaten run and – that hasn't been the case, but anyway, no, there's still, I'm still not, I haven't entirely given up on hope, but you know, maybe the Warriors will uh, put us out of our misery. My reasons uh, to be cheerful has been the form of uh, the Matt Tomokos, the Harley Smith Shields, Xavier Savage. Mm. So many of these good mm. young guns have emerged this season and um, they've all re-signed. So they want to be here. It's not a case of us unearthing the, these great new talents and they, don't take the first bus to Bondi. They're sticking around. They're, they're, they're believing the club. They're obviously, you know, they're on Ricky's bus. And it's it's great yeah. to see because at the start of the year, one thing that we really highlighted was um, our concerns about the lack of depth in the outside backs, a lack of pace. Mm. Um, yeah. And, well, they're certainly and we, there now. We knew, we knew these kids were around. And we knew there were big raps on them, but we hadn't really seen them, um, what they could do in first grade, you know, beyond the odd match here and there. And look, they've come in and they've just looked incredible. And you'd have, you know, you'd have Harley Smith Shields definitely in your starting team next year. You'd have Matt Tomoko definitely in your starting team next year. Seb Christoph, I'm not, still not sold on at center. Um, Maybe Maybe not at center, but I'm, I'm having him in the side. I, Maybe I think, I think the second row rotation. But there is no second row rotation. You keep on saying second row rotation. There is no second row rotation. Second rowers play 80 minutes. Well, there should be one. We should be buying one if we don't have one. We should buy a second row rotation if we we, we don't have one. We should, we should second rowers, our second rowers play 80 minutes every week. Whether or not, how much longer Elliot Whitehead can do that for is the question. But there's no such thing as a second row rotation. He's going into the front row rotation. That's the way that one's going. <laughs> you know, I've said it. You heard it here. If you ridiculed me, some of you asked for a transfer, but it's the way it's going to happen. And then you'll all apologize when it gets there. Um, but, you know, other reasons to be cheerful is Tommy Starling, if we make it to the finals, we'll probably be back for that match. And see, and uh, Corey Hutterwood and Nida will He's not going to be back. Match too, He's so. not going to be back. Tommy Starling is gone for the season. So if he didn't require... They said four weeks. No, no, no. If he did oh. surgery, he could have been back in three to four weeks. He's already had, he's had like bolts put in his jaw. He's gone, man. Uh, but okay. CHN will be back if we get there. So there's, you know, there's reserves coming up there on the thing. We just got to get through these matches. We can win these two matches. We can get into eighth, then probably the Roosters win that match, get whoever got shunted out of the first one through into the prelim. They fall down. We get through into the grand final. Miracles come, we lift the cup. Look, if we you do make the, if we, if we do make the grand final, then maybe Tommy Starling can be back. But I, I don't think he's going to be back before the grand final. So coming soon, after we beat the Warriors this weekend, we will then be playing next Thursday against the Roosters on the second of September. Um, you know, and that that's going to be a big match. And you know, when we win through the Warriors here and things go right, we'll be playing in that match in order to say we're in the finals and give the Roosters a really good shake-up, a la what we did to the Sharks last year when we beat them one week with the the Baby Raiders Mm. and then went and beat them in the first week of the finals. And it's it's history repeating. It's history repeating. So keep the faith, people. Keep the faith. Keep breathing green. It's a very important part of the season. So I think that's about it, really, isn't it? Yeah. You have been you have been listening to the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake, and we'll talk to you again soon. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork.